Hello and welcome to the We Thrive Podcast, Episode 3. I'm Michael Lawler, and today I want to talk about the body, this magnificent instrument we've been given, and how to look after it physically through exercise. There was a time when exercise was a necessary part of our lives, when we hunted, when we fished, we dug the ground, we made bread, we hand-washed our clothes, and all of this needed physical effort. Times were hard back then and money was short, but if you jump to a few generations later, and in comparison, our lives are luxurious. Machines do a lot of our tasks. Technology, technology tells us where to go, what to do, what to think. We don't read maps anymore. We have sat-nav. We get taxis and buses when walking might be an option. We take the elevator to go up or down one floor. Life has become mechanized and easy in comparison with our ancestors. Now look, obviously all of this has definitely made our lives better and easier to navigate. But you know, the downside is obvious if you really look at it, if we are too reliant on all of our modern conveniences. We're beginning to swap analog behaviors for digital alternatives in a lot of our daily tasks. You know, we whip out the phone for the smallest of things. We don't ask for directions anymore. We don't stop and ask locals where the best gelato place is if we're on holidays. You know, life, it seems, is prepackaged and it's methodical. Gone is the vibe we get by chatting with complete strangers in a foreign city or walking around the beautiful square, where now the first instinct is to share it on Facebook. Here's me having a cosmopolitan break that I'll capture now and enjoy on social media later, after I've let all my minions know what I've just had for breakfast. I mean, living in the present moment means just that. Be present. Enjoy your surrounding. And ignore the loud call of the internet. And this call is getting louder and louder year after year. I really believe we need to cull the fear of missing out. Social media will wait. I think that's the new algorithm anyway, isn't it? I mean, you go onto Facebook these days and what you looked at briefly a week ago is still waiting for you when you get there. So don't worry, just be present. Now, listen, I'm not being naive here. I use social media like the rest of us. It is integral to my work, but I'm realizing that's where it should be left, to my work, which I don't do 24-7. I guess what I'm trying to say here is that if we just, at the most basic level, break it down to calories consumed versus calories used, it's blindingly obvious that our energy expenditure would be vastly increased if we were to add in more analogue activities in our day. And exercise is is the most potent practice known to affect our health in a positive way. One of the greatest factors that contributes to virtually every type of disease is inactivity. I mean, the evidence is out there. Mental decline, accelerated physical degeneration, shortened lifespans, and so on. I mean, obesity has risen dramatically over the past few decades. In the 50s and 60s, it was rare to see overweight people. The incidence of obesity was much lower. You look at the photographs of the grandparents' generation, and you'll see what I mean. They were thin, they were skinny, they were in good shape. You know, so why is this? Is it genetics? Could be a contributing factor as we pass on our sedentary lifestyle practices, both in our genes and in our behavior. It's the monkey see, monkey do thing. Is it environmental? You know, community characteristics such as population density, density of residential areas, diversity of land use, convenience of public transportation, installation of bike paths, all of this stuff, accessibility to relevant facilities, and walkability. These were all reported as factors that affect obesity. I mean, in a recent estimate in the US, it was found that 40% of Americans have no leisure time activity, which resulted in a cost to their exchequer of $70 billion. I mean, this is a staggering statistic. 
You would think the government accountants and focus groups might add up two plus two and then instruct policymakers to put exercise at the forefront of healthcare, but preventative healthcare, but the skeptic in me, or maybe the realist, is thinking that this might be a step too far as we have medications to offset these metabolic diseases that arise from inactivity. And, you know, the pharmaceutical giants have a lot of power in the US. And in Ireland, Ireland is set to become the most obese country in Europe, along with the UK, within a decade, according to a study published in The Lancet. Irish men already have the highest body mass index, a key measure of overweight in Europe, while Irish women rank third, the study shows. And, you know, in Ireland, again, just under 4 in 10, 37% of people have a normal weight. 6 out of 10, 37% overweight, and a further 23% obese, overweight or obese. A smaller difference exists between men and women aged under 25 than those older than this. I mean, it's staggering. The statistics are really damning. It's so important that we find creative ways in our day to keep our bodies moving. Now, this question reminds me of a study done on, I read it once about this, uh, a study done on London double-decker buses, where in the old days you had a bus and you had a bus conductor. And the bus conductor ran up and down stairs all day long to collect fares. Now, they studied this uh, and the study showed that the coronary heart disease rates were much lower in the conductors versus the drivers who just drove the bus. And they, they duplicated the study and it was extended to the postal service and the same results were observed between the postman or postwoman and the people who worked in the post depot sorting the mail. So if you think about exercise, um, you know, we have three types, right? We have exercise for aerobic fitness, we have exercise for muscular strength or anaerobic, and then we have exercise for flexibility. Um, just some more research, some sci- scientific research in the Start Active, Stay Active um, focus group states that between the ages of 19 to 64 years, uh, this is what we should be doing. We should be, adults should do 150 minutes of moderate intensity aerobic activity, such as fast walking, cycling, skateboarding. You know, you could dust off your old orange PVC skateboard if you have one from your childhood uh, for skateboarding. So we should do 150 minutes of moderate intense aerobic activity per week. Or 75 minutes of vigorous, intense aerobic activity, like running, like swimming fast, fast cycling, or even martial arts. An easy way um, to note the difference between high-intensity and low-intensity exercise is for moderate low-intensity, you should be able to talk and not sing. And for higher-intensity exercise, you should be able to say just a few words and then have to take a breath. Easy to remember, right? So that's the difference. (laughs) That's how you know if you're doing a moderate exercise or a vigorous exercise. Now, I guess for children under five years of age, it should be three hours of physical exercise per day. I mean, the running around that children do should therefore be encouraged. Get them off the PlayStation and Xbox. Get them away from the TV. Reduce the amount of time sitting down. That's key. I mean, I was shocked, to say the least, when I read this. As I consider my own kids and their activity levels, um, I was shocked. Young people between five and 18 should get an hour of this vigorous exercise per day. An hour per day. And people over 65 should have 75 minutes of moderate movement per day. You know, when I analysed, I guess, my immediate environment, I realised how far behind these figures our society as a whole actually are. Of course, you know, with the exception of those who do hit those numbers. I'm, it's just about hitting them myself, but more work is needed, I think. I mean, the benefits of exercise, we all know them, okay? 
reduced all-cause mortality rate of 30% if you exercise, okay? So you live longer. It helps prevent heart disease, such as stroke, high blood pressure, coronary heart disease and cholesterol buildup. It can prevent certain cancers. It strengthens bone and muscle, you know, so we, less osteoporosis and less wasting of muscle due to aging. It helps prevent type 2 diabetes and metabolic syndrome, which are the diseases that are, are really killing us in the modern age. And interestingly, it eases symptoms of depression and anxiety and improves mood. Inactivity consecutively over a long period of time increases the risk of depression. This is, this is a fact. Interestingly, it's been found that physical activity is at least as effective at treating depression as psychotherapy and medication. Now, that's a big statement. Reduced symptoms of anxiety, depression, and mood disorders and insomnia are all found with regular exercise. Higher self-esteem, a general feeling of happiness, and life satisfaction are the result. So it's obvious. It prevents weight gain and promotes weight loss, and it improves sleep. So why aren't we doing it? So you might be thinking, which type of exercise is right for me? People say, well, obviously it has to fit in with your particular lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking here, for this is about people that have no exercise regime. But for those that do have one, watch out that it's not too extreme, as is the new, new, uh, the new normal. In China, they say you should exercise like the hinge of a door, a little and often. Can you remember from your Greek uh, studies in school, remember poor Phaeopides, I think he was called. He was a 40-year-old professional courier in the 5th century BCE. So these were guys that didn't have bikes, they didn't have um, mopeds. They ran and brought news from town to town. Remember, he was the guy who ran the 40 kilometers from Marathon to Athens to tell the Greeks they had won the war against Persia. And then he dropped dead. Uh, but it actually, it wasn't the 40 kilometers that killed him but more like the 240 kilometers he had run in the previous two days. I mean, marathon runners talk of the wall. It's the wall they hit at some stage during the run. And this is the body screaming to tell you to stop. The modern high-intensity training and the running regimes have been shown to actually decrease the benefits gained from the exercise. A study of 286 Tour de France cyclists between 1995 and 1998 showed they had enlarged left ventricles, it's a heart uh, the ventricle is a heart chamber where the blood enters from the lungs. With 11% of them showing um, abnormally uh, reduced pulmonary capacity as well. So the pumping of the heart was severely um, restricted. Other studies have shown reduced immunity in extreme athletes, causing asthma and chronic respiratory tract infections. Overexercise can increase osteoporosis in young women. And some studies show the bone density of 20-year-old female athletes to be similar to 80-year-old women. Overexercise can stop menstruation and cause menstruation disorders. So remember, as the Chinese say, a little and often. So, you know, quick ideas, I suppose. So running, running is great. If the gym is not an option, maybe financially or logistically, running. You can just get out and run. Online classes are an easy way to find the routine or effort level that suits. And the flexibility it offers is, I guess, it's incomparable. Though you do miss out on the analog social aspect, as mentioned earlier. Fast or speed walking fits the bill for a lot of people. In Asia, it's common to see throngs of early morning fast walkers clogging the streets. It is ingrained in Asian culture, the power of exercise. 
As mentioned earlier, you should find creative ways to burn a few calories during the day. Take the stairs, walk at first, and then over time, run up. Don't take the elevator. Walk to work or school, or cycle to work or school. Then maybe when you wait for the kettle to boil, you do 10 press-ups or sit-ups. Um, learn one yoga pose per week and repeat it three times a day after you wake, before you eat lunch, and before you sleep. Small steps are the only way to start an exercise regime if you don't have one. And there are other lighter forms, but very potent forms of yoga and tai chi, considered to be moderate exercises, but they've got the added benefit of not stressing the joints. They lengthen and stretch the muscles, they stretch the fascial membranes, and they improve blood flow in the body and in the joints, and they calm the mind. And then there's dance, dance, dance. There are so many great dance styles that are great exercise routines, and in my case, when no one is looking. What about skipping? Skipping has gone out of fashion. Skipping is fantastic. Bring it back. Get on the kid's trampoline for 10 minutes. Fantastic for moving the lymphatic system in the body and helps to detoxify the body organs and the tissues. So this is just some of the ways that we can, um, we can improve our levels of exercise in the body. It's vitally important. All the evidence is there. Um, so for those of you who don't have exercise regimes, maybe start small steps, as I said, and then for those of us that do have current regimes that might be a little bit over the top, just look at the research um, to do with, uh, with that kind of level of high-intensity training that we, that we do these days. So um, that's it. I'm going to sign off now. That's just some thoughts on exercise and how to look after a body. Please stay tuned for more um, topics to discuss in relation to our health and well-being. Next week, we're going to talk about nutrition. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you then.